podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Lisa Rabinovitz back in the chair for Nigel Rothband. And joining me to discuss three matches in three different competitions and to look forward to our upcoming match against Chelsea, I have three guests. Tony Newgrosh. Good evening. Dan Montlake. Hello. And Stephen Allwise. Hello, hello. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.citypodcast.net. Okay, it's been a busy week, three games, one most of us have probably already forgotten about, three competitions, three victories and only one goal conceded, and a couple of records have been set and one almost equaled. So we'll very briefly touch on that win uh, away to West Brom in the Carabao Cup. Um, I think it's worth mentioning the start that we made, a goal after three minutes, 52 passes that included every player in the team I guess it's a sign of <laughs> our style of football these days um, you know, we've started quite quickly this season um, I think the game against uh, Shakhtar was the um, only one we haven't scored in the first half for a while um, quick out the blocks, control the game and you know, when we get that opening goal against teams who are going to sit back for 90 minutes it just makes it that much easier but we just seem to struggle a bit after that <laughs> to score a goal. And well, I think we, we went back to a bit like last season, didn't yeah. we, to wasteful ways, really. Um, there was enough opportunities in there. Uh, we did control the game. Um, I think later on, uh, Gundogan's injury was a problem and set us back and maybe we lost a bit of fluidity playing there. Um, but overall, you know, we, we can still take away that we probably didn't play as well as, as we could, although there was a hell of a lot of changes and we still came away with the win. Yeah, there were eight changes. So, And it was a great game. I have to say it was a great game despite all those changes. Sky should have shown it. I've cancelled my Sky subscription today because they haven't, I'd just like to add. But fantastic game. A few players got to run out. A win. We move on. Great stuff. Excellent. All right. Well, and next we've got Wolves. And unbelievably, at home, which breaks a 10-match away streak in, in the domestic cup. So, so it won't be easy, I'm sure, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more in the future. And we still haven't been drawn in a domestic cup competition against a team outside the top two divisions since May 2011, quite remarkably. So That's that outrageous. record continues. Yes, it is actually. Okay. All right, well, let's now look at the Crystal Palace game in, in the Premier League. Another 5-0 win. I was a bit disappointed, only five, to be honest. I mean... Even after the first half? That's average. No, I was getting worried. I was getting worried at 43 minutes. Um, you just thought that's a game. It could be, oh, 1-0 defeat. Palace had nothing to do. I thought Palace were fantastic for the first half. I thought they didn't look like a team at the bottom of the league who couldn't score. They really gave it a good go, but we were we found a way. And that's the difference this season, isn't it? Yeah, Palace did well for the first half. They looked quite compact, solid at the back, and Benteke is obviously a, a handful going forward. Um, 
and they had a couple of chances. Um, and obviously West Brom had chances, Shakhtar had chances against us. So when people say, you know, oh, these clean sheets isn't the defence and keeper proving everyone wrong, well, they've done well, but it's not as if we're we're a fortress at the back. Teams are, are breaking through against us. Um, but again, as soon as we got that first against Palace, they kind of wilted in the second half and, and we saw how good uh, we can be again. And when we do click as that attacking force, we're just irresistible. Yeah, because in the first half, it looked to me a little bit like neither Silva nor De Bruyne were really on it as they have been in the past in the previous few matches. And that is when we look like we struggle a little bit. If, if one of them had been a bit better in that first half, we, we may have scored earlier, but obviously it just took a bit of brilliance from Sané and then off we go. Sané's goal was pretty amazing, was pretty special, wasn't it? Um, but I think also what you said right about David Silva, and I think that's why he brought Bernardo Silva in during the summertime, because I think without Silva playing well, generally the team doesn't click as well. I would say he's probably one of our most important players. So, you know, when he didn't play last season, he always gets his ankle injuries, doesn't he, with his injections and he's out for a while. So Bernardo Silva potentially could, could come in for him. But yeah, it was great. Once we get the goal, we, we don't even need to play well this season and we seem to, you know, be able to dominate teams and, and come away with a win. And, you know, once that first one goes in, as you said before, we start piling the pressure on and uh, before you know it, it's, it's uh, four or five and you know, it could have could have been even more. And, you know, Palace, it was first, you know, first or second game syndrome as well with Roy Hodgson. You can see he's organised them a lot better. You know, their, their game plan was to come and try and hold out. Um, you know, and they almost did that for the first half, but that was a killer goal for them, really, yeah, just before half We're time. playing with real pace now as well. Yeah. I think that's the difference to last year, isn't it? The teams, they go 1 0 down, they what are they going to do? They've got to try and score and then we just pick them off. Sane and uh, Sterling have got outstanding pace and really go for it. Last year we just try and pass teams to death and uh, didn't always work. But even, I mean, against Palace in the first half, I think that's also part of the problem was we weren't moving things quickly and we weren't being as accurate. And Because when we move things quickly, we have to be very accurate and I just don't think that was, was happening. And I, I agree with Tony, I was getting a little bit concerned at one point in the first half. Yeah, um, I agree entirely with Dan's point about if Silva's not quite at his best, then it affects the whole team um, because he's the one player who just keeps us playing. Um, but he's still brilliant because you know he wasn't at his best in the first half against Palace, and yet it was his ball still to to Sane to set up the goal. Um, but we've got so many attacking players now who can just produce that one moment to open up a defence. We've seen Sané do it the last three or four games. Um, obviously, the two strikers can, Sterling can. Bernardo, I think, will will grow into to his role the more he plays. And you haven't even mentioned De Bruyne yet. And, and he's, I think he's going to be our player of the season. He's phenomenal. And yet still goes under the radar because of everyone else we have in the team. Um, so we've got those options. So even if one's not clicking, then then someone else should be able to do something. So the only negative potentially from that match was the injury to Mendy, um, which was pretty early on and it was halfway through the first half, wasn't it? Um, and now, obviously, we don't yet know what the extent of it is, but feelings about that? Looks for the world, doesn't it? Like it's a bad one. Uh, the way people are reacting, the fact he's gone to Barca uh, to see the doctor, the way the media are talking... Although he did say uh, earlier on on Twitter and he, he took the mickey out of the journalist for saying that uh, he's supposed to be a journalist. So, you know, he doesn't even know himself the outcome of the scans yet. So how can he know what it was all about? So, 
he might be lucky. I mean, I did something similar playing for Gatley United in 1984, I think it was, and uh, was back in a couple of weeks. So we live in hope, and it would be a huge blow. But players were harder in those days, though, oh, weren't they? Was, yes. Yeah. Gatley, well known for having 50 million to splash out on, on left backs. <laughs> It'd be a huge loss, um, obviously, goes without saying, but both him and Walker have added a huge amount to, to the team this season, the pace that they've got going forward. Some of Mendy's crossing already in the few games that we've seen is phenomenal. Um, and that's really the one position we don't have. Uh, I don't want to say we don't have cover for because we've seen Delft can do a job, Danilo can, can do a job, but no one else in the squad can get forward with that energy and put the ball into the box like Mendy does. And really, we've only got ourselves to blame in terms of acquisitions over the summer. We knew that four fullbacks were going, or three definitely going, and Kolarov in addition. And we only brought three in. Um, and we'd have said before the season, if there's one position where you can't afford an injury, then it would be left back. And there you go. And I think just the fact that towards the end of that Palace match, he brought Delph on and put him at left back shows that what well, I don't think Zinino looks great at left back at all. And I think Guardiola must be pretty concerned about the prospect of, of having to face quite a few matches with him there. Well, I think Danilo can probably do a job as a defensive left back um, I think he's fully right footed was it the first game against Brighton when he played at left back and he just doesn't understandably offer a lot going forward because he wants to cut in the whole time Delph lots of energy not a natural defender but you know, will give his all I actually think Sane could be the biggest beneficiary of this if Mendy's out for a long time because he gives you the width on the left. He does, but you know, I mean... Not as a, a defender, not defender, as a defender, but yeah. if you had Delph or, or someone else behind Sane and just said to, to Leroy, attack, don't worry about defending so much because you've got cover, and it then you know, affects other positions. We can talk about that for, for future games, but if you have someone then on the left, can you still afford to play two strikers? Do you have to completely abandon three at the back, which they've worked on, but... Mendy would be a huge blow if he's out for a, for a while. Yeah, interestingly, he's put in more crosses than Klesi or Kolarov managed in the whole of last season, hasn't he? In these, what, half a dozen games so far, he's been immense. He's a massive miss, and I don't know why we didn't try for another signing. I know Bertrand was on the market. Um, you know, there are there are other players potentially who could have who could have come in just to fill a slot. Um, for me, it was very short sighted. Um, we are weak in defence. It, it's where we actually. I know you were talking about fullbacks as a position, but I think defence generally um, is an area which is of great concern. Um, you know, we we did get the five nil win against Palace, and you know the red side managed to scrape a, a, a one nil win. My biggest concern is if if we are one nil up with five minutes to go, do we hold out? I'm not sure if we do hold out at a place like uh, Southampton, one nil up. I think we need the comfort of having a few goals and everything going for us. I think maybe when the going gets tough, we're yet to see whether we can actually you know uh, hold out for a one nil win. Well, this weekend will be the real test, won't yeah. it? be a big test and in terms of regardless of how serious the injury is does this become I know January is a long way away but does this now become a priority in January or is it going to be another case of it depends who's available and you I guess it depends who's available how we're doing at the time um, how seriously Mendy is injured um, how Delph and Danilo are coping but, but you'd have thought they're going to sign someone yeah, even if Mendy isn't, is only out for a a month 
surely this is a perfect example of why we can't just sit there with and, and hope that Delph can do a job. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Delph was excellent last night against Shakhtar. I think he was more than that. He was outstanding, <laughs> he wasn't was. he? That's what what a goal. Said. What a goal. He was Pep's man of the match. But, I, you know, long term, it's not, it really isn't the answer. But okay. Well, I, th- I think the formation that Pep plays, he has to play with two f- strong attacking fullbacks who can pass the ball around. That's just the way he plays. That's what gives us the time, the energy. The, f- the defence of the other team have something to think about when they've got two a full-back sat behind also a quick attacker. Um, and we've seen already this season what a difference it makes. So for me, if we get to the latter stages of the Champions League and Mendy is injured, I think he's got to go out and buy another uh, a fast attacking full-back. Let's hope there's one available. Let's hope so. And one who wants to play second fiddle to Mendy as well. Yeah, it's not easy, is it? Well, and if it- Mendy's out for the season, he might not need to. Yeah. Yeah, but long term, it, it look. Yeah, mm. there are people paid a lot more than we are to work that out, but hopefully they're actually trying to work it out already. Um, so the the game against Palace was um, record breaking for both us and them, or record equaling for us. So it was the it's the first time in Premier League history that a team has scored five or goals or more in three consecutive games, and the first game in top flight history since Blackburn Rovers did it in the fifty eight fifty nine season, which I think we all remember very well. Yeah, um, unfortunately for Palace, it's the worst start in football league history. So I've, I can't believe I don't. I don't think that they are as, and I think they've had a very, very unfortunate start. They certainly don't look like a team who should be there, but they could be in far worse position in the next two games as well. So yeah, they. I think they've got some good players. Um, I'd question the whole issue of getting rid of De Boer after four games when. I know we don't want to talk too much about Palace, but when your last uh, three managers have been Allardyce, Pulis and Pardew, sort of old-fashioned English managers who set the team up to defend and if you can nick a goal, great. To then bring in uh, a manager who plays a completely different style of football, the type of philosophy we see from Pep, um, and then you don't really back him in the summer. You, I just don't get the thinking. It feels quite muddled to then get rid of him after four games and revert to an English old-fashioned manager. I think City used to do. Isn't yeah, it? it's and look where that got us. <laughs> Good luck, Palace. Um, but another thing from that match, because we were doing so well, three 0 up. I think there was still half an hour to go. And I mean, at that point, I did think it could end up being more than five. He was able to bring Bernardo on for half an hour, which I think was really positive and to give him that time to play with a lot of these players that ultimately he probably will be doing more when Silva starts to phase out a little. So everyone pleased to see Bernardo have his opportunity? I think he's made a difference on the games he's come on. He's showed that he has got quality. Um, But, you know, the ball does, does stick to him. He has got a lot of silver qualities to him, hasn't he? I mean... You know, the, the guy can run with the ball, you know, he can pick a pass out. Um, and obviously he's called Silver, so, you know, it's, it's a pretty good start, isn't it? Yeah. No, no one disagree with that. Great player. Yeah, he's a long-term successor, isn't he, unquestionably. Um, let's take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. So, Shakhtar Donetsk. Pretty difficult task last night, but we did come through it. Um, what was everyone's first impression of, of Shakhtar, Stephen? 
I thought. Oh, oh sorry. Anthony. I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited, <laughs> so excited by Shakhtar Donetsk. I thought it was one of the most outstanding games of football I've seen in a long time. I thought they were fabulous. I really thought they were fabulous. There was no time wasting, no histrionics. I think there was only one booking in the whole game. Two teams who just went for it and helps when you win. But it was just a pleasure to watch, I have to say. I, Yeah, I thought they were very good. We'd been told beforehand, don't underestimate them. But you hear that before every European game. They just wanted to play football. And I think actually they overplayed it at times. Every time it went back to the keeper, you thought we're going to close him down or, or pounce on a mistake. But they just wanted to pass from the back and, and play pretty football. And uh, their left winger, I think, tore, tore Walker to shreds a couple of times, just twisting him inside and out. Um, they're a good team. Um, you can see how they beat Napoli. Um, so I think that's it's obviously an important win to get the second win, six points from six. But it was an excellent win because it showed a bit of, of character. We had to dig in at times in the first half. And then we just stamped our authority a bit more second half. In the first half... Fernandinho was excellent, making a particularly Super good tackle. tackle on Fred, I believe. Yep, Fred. It's a great Brazilian name, that isn't it? I'd love to know the story. They do that. get some good. Joe, Alan, yeah, Alan, Alex used to play for Chelsea. Okay, but Delph, we've already mentioned, was in for Mendy, and I think Tony, you said he was. Outstanding. Outstanding. The, the new Jack Rodwell, I would go as far as to say almost. Well, maybe not. But no, he was a, he did brilliantly last night. I thought the whole back four. I was not worried when we were 1-0 up, even when Sergio missed that penalty. We didn't have any Keystone Cops defending. Everyone's looking shocked at me. But I'm no, astonished. It was, not, it, 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 it was pretty good last night. It was pretty, there wasn't real, really any time in the second half that I felt, you know, despondent or the fact we, I felt nervous about things I think Edison's been a, a really good calming influence I love the way he comes out takes the ball even if he, even after he's had the studs in the face you know the guy's got some balls you know he's coming back out again you know I think he's going to be a great keeper for us um, and you know with, with the lack of company not being there um, and, and having some physical presence at the back I think that's a good thing I think Stone's for me over the past month has, has been one of our, our top performers um, he's someone who as soon as there's a mistake everyone pounces upon it and whether that's because he's not your old fashioned typical English defender and he wants to, to pass the ball and bring it out from the back but it's almost as if fans and, and the media especially have it in for him um, and want don't want him to fail but pounce upon any mistake but I think since company's been out he's been fantastic he's taken on more responsibility defensively he's been excellent makes his tackles puts in his blocks um and doesn't really ever get a mention when when it comes to praising the team and Otamendi I think maybe the European game suits him a bit better um just looks a bit calmer doesn't seem to dive in so much um, which will all change obviously against Chelsea when he goes sliding in after a minute and, and it ends up on his backside but I agreed with Dan defensively we looked we looked solid and Edison not just from a goalkeeping perspective but his distribution is something else cannonball he's yeah, gonna he's he gonna just, get he some can assists just pinpoint can't he he gets the ball rolling you've got a feeling at some point he might score <laughs> if, the, if the wind's in his favor one of his goal kicks is just going to bounce over the the opposition keeper i think you're right about stones i don't think it's the credit he deserves i mean he just tidied everything up calmness personified last night made everything look simple when it wasn't at all um, and he just kept things ticking over superbly. Uh, as you say, Otamendi mm, still looks a bit dubious to me. Um, may well be found out in future games, but 
so far so good, even with a makeshift left back. I thought, you know, going forward as well, we had, we had so many options. I mean, Jesus didn't work out last night, and obviously Pep had his little talk to him as he came off. It was a nice moment, I guess, for him, or, or not nice. Um, but, you know, then, then Sterling came on, and, and you know, pe- plenty of people do knock Sterling. He's got the pace. Obviously, he missed that open goal from Sane's cross earlier on, and then he tried to miss the, the goal right at the end when he whacked it against the crossbar from, uh, from a few yards out. But the guy does offer something, you know. He's, he, he offers something different, and he scored a few goals. So, you know, behind him. And, it, and as you said, Jesus didn't turn out. Aguero didn't come off yesterday. And it's something that people worried about before the season we've only got two strikers we've let Kelechi go um, where are the goals going to come from but actually everyone around the two strikers is chipping in so Aguero and Jesus you'd imagine would score 20 25 plus each but Sane's going to score 10 Sterling's going to score 10 Bernardo De Bruyne Silver all going to chip in um, and we, we're starting dare I say it to look a threat from set pieces again um, Stones and Otamendi have both already scored so it's going to be more of a collective effort I think this season uh, but Sterling I am one of those who, who knocks him um, I don't think he's good enough technically or I don't think he's got a football brain um, I think he's the odd he gets man into out. positions I think he's the odd man out and I, I, I spoke to a friend of mine who's a Watford fan and he just said City were the best team he's ever seen in his life at Watford but he said to me Sterling just stands out like a sore thumb like in this team of great talent but you know he's our player at the moment he's going to get into great positions because of the pace and he's going to get a lot of chances because of the quality of those around him can he just take enough of them to, to keep us oh, going? Oh, he's improved hugely, though, hasn't he? He's what, got six goals this season already. It was his pass that released Bernardo Silva, and then he ran 50 yards to get on the end of the return ball, didn't he? He'd never have done that last season. He'd have been admiring his earlier pass and just trudging nonchalantly towards the penalty spot, wouldn't he? So he's, I, he's certainly trying I, a lot I, harder and working harder, as is the whole team. I think he has improved, but what Dan's saying, I agree with your friend's comment from the Watford match. I thought it was very obvious that Sterling was the odd man out there. But in the same breath, would you give him to Arsenal to get Sanchez? Yes. You would? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Seven years Sanchez, younger. Sa- yeah, but... English. I think Sanchez is a is a much better player. He's also nearly thirty. Mm. Yeah, but he's he's a better player, and even if it's only for two three years, but the potential to strengthen. I mean, I know you don't think Sterling would strengthen us, so you obviously don't think it would make that much of a difference to but Arsenal. I don't think but Sterling's a bad player. I just don't think he's good enough for for a team who play the way City do. And want to compete at the level City want to compete. I mean, honestly, I tend to agree with you. Um, I never understood what I never understood why we bought him in the first place. I was really quite annoyed about the whole situation. Don't get me wrong; I don't think he's been terrible. We've had far worse players, but but yeah, it's, it'll be we, interesting to see what happens with Sterling. Yeah, we all thoroughly expected him to miss that open goal, didn't we? It was yeah. never in doubt. It was nearly a Ronnie Rosenthal, wasn't it? It was just <laughs> that close to hitting the bar and coming back out again. But you know, credit to the guy. He takes the knocks and he's getting back into the centre forward position. You know, he's in the middle, ready to take, ready to take it again. And you know, if it wasn't for him when he scored the winner at Bournemouth, when he scoffed it in, then you know we'd be th- we'd be three points or two points left, uh, two points less than we are at this Absolutely. moment in time. So you know, he does he does have his merits. Yes, he's not totally useless. Not totally, no. And also, um, yesterday, good to see Gundogan 
come back so quickly yeah. after what we thought might be a longer layoff. I think he offers something different to every other player we've got, Gundogan. I think he could become, if he doesn't get injured repetitively, I think he could become maybe Yaya's replacement in a box-to-box sort of position where he can actually take it out of defence. Because the guy's got a bit of everything. He's got a bit of silver in him. He's got a bit of running in him. When you saw when he got taken down against West Brom that he ran 70 yards. Um, I think the guy has got it all, but whether he can stay fit or not, uh, another matter. But a great addition to the squad. Yeah, I mean, the real concern, I think, is Fernandinho. He's outstanding, but he's expected to do the work of about three players every single match. And I don't know what happens if he gets injured. No, well, let's just hope we score more goals than we let in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy Sane, where's he suddenly come from? He looks amazing now, doesn't he? Yes. Skinning the defenders, left, right, centre, shooting accuracy is brilliant. Boy's got pace, player. hasn't he? Yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, I mean, I've, never, I've not really thought about the Fernandinho issue. <laughs> I, I guess in an odd way, Delph is probably the most similar in terms of having the energy but to do what Fernandinho back. does. <laughs> well, Pep mentioned Zinchenko at left back. Yeah. I've mean, yeah. never seen him play, but... <laughs> I mean, Yaya's a completely different player to Fernandinho. Oh, he's not going to play left-back. No. <laughs> no. Gundogan, I'm not sure Gundogan or Pep wants to play Gundogan as deep as Fernandinho does. Gundogan, I've not seen a huge amount of him um, outside of City, but he reminds me a lot of Lampard, actually, in the way that he always seems to arrive in the box and on the penalty mm. spot at the right time. Um, as you say, can he can he put a run of games together and avoid injury? But he's another one who passes the ball well and, and will create chances. Yeah. Okay. So we had a, a tougher test in the Champions League against Shakhtar. And now I think on Saturday, late kickoff on Saturday, we've got our toughest test to date coming up against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Um, what are your thoughts on what the team will look like? I imagine Danilo will come in for Delph um, and just offer that bit more solidity at the back. Um, who knows about company? I'd be surprised if he plays given he, he wasn't even on the bench in midweek. Um, otherwise, I think it's probably going to be the same team. Um, Sterling might come in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised saying that if, if Aguero started on the bench. Um, Dropping Aguero Resting, rotating Aguero Not something I personally would do But I wouldn't be surprised to see Jesus up front Sane one side, Sterling the other Just bring Aguero on for penalties It'll be, it'll be fine There was a stat that he's missed Seven, seven out of his last 15 mm. Seven is after, but yeah Which is seven, yeah. appalling for yeah. anyone, let alone I, d- I don't understand why he's still he's a penalty taker He's not a great taker. penalty taker no. He hits them quite a good height for the keeper He doesn't find the corners always mm. Uh, you know, Yaya's our best penalty taker. Yeah, he but he was on one. the bench. Could have subbed him on for the penalty. This <laughs> <laughs> is astonishing, isn't it? Because you just thought the keeper would dive out of the way half the time. Yeah. So there must be a better penalty taker. On that pitch. Wants I, to take them. I would think De Bruyne with his, uh, you know, with but he did miss one. Um, but, but also taking penalties is about attitude as well. It, someone is remotely nervous about it. it. Obviously, Aguero isn't phased about doing it, even though he keeps missing them but it must play on his mind he yeah. must know he's missed he misses every other penalty at the minute mm. and he did telegraph it last night didn't he, he I mean uh, he, he looked exactly where he's going to place it and as you say Dan placed it perfect height for a keeper yeah straight down you know he, it was like the keeper dived the other way everyone said fabulous penalty but that's the way it goes but it didn't cost so us not, not basing 
Aguero, not basing it on Aguero's misses in midweek, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses out. Interesting. So you think he'll go for Sterling, Sané and Jesus? I think so, with De Bruyne or Silva, Fernandinho. Okay. It'd be interesting, isn't it? I mean, Pep only knows how to play one way. He's not going to go there and do all that pleasant man Mourinho would do and put 10 behind the ball park the bus take a point and say how wonderful he is and bore us all to death he will go for three points I don't doubt it but yes hopefully he'll be slightly more pragmatic maybe just play one striker extra body in midfield and I think we'd all take a point wouldn't we no, no I th- I'd like to see us win I'd love to I see th- us win I, I think we can win there mm. I, I mean the thing is with Chelsea is they've just been clinical I think we've dominated them in both, in both matches last season we should have won I mean De Bruyne from one yard out missed that to go 2-0 up last season yeah. at home Sterling-esque wasn't it and, yeah, and, and the ensuing debacle afterwards yeah <laughs> I mean Chelsea for me I'd like to see us tighten the midfield up a bit for that game maybe move Fernandinho into midfield um, to strengthen that aspect of it so they can't run through the middle uh, Morata's on form at the moment Chelsea are, Chelsea are pretty strong maybe David Luiz not playing will do them a favour I don't I don't know <laughs> but yeah we certainly are capable of beating them yeah that's for I mean sure. the real test will be how we cope with Hazard because if, if you're Conte you're going to say right push Hazard up against yeah. either Delph or whoever else muddles through at left back that's that's where the danger area is, isn't it? Because Ottomendi, he's far too slow to cover the best of times, never mind Hazard. That's, that's what's keeping but, me awake. But at least behind him, did you see yesterday, even when, the, when he was offside, Edison came out like massive to, to pull that save off, right? Yeah. You'd never have seen that with Bravo beforehand. So at least there's some assurance behind it, even if they do get oh, through, there's yes. a keeper there to save. He's a beast, isn't he? Oh, he's fabulous. Super. <laughs> super. Nice for Hazard to come back from injury just in time to face to us. Again. <laughs> I think we need to keep um, Fernandinho away from Fabregas. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but uh, slight concern after last season's uh, antics. Be interesting to see how Chelsea cope. They're away in Europe, playing a night later than this as well. So that that may help. You never know. I'll take it if yeah. it does. So you you'd settle for a draw, Tony. Yep. Dan, you think? No, I think I think we should go there and win. I, I, I think it might end up in a draw, but I think we should. Go, I think we should go for a win. I think you know Chelsea have not played as well. All right, they've, they've come into some form and they've got the goals, but I think Chelsea, we, we, we can definitely have Chelsea. I'm probably somewhere in between. I'd settle for a point if you offered it to me now. I think draw, yeah, your big away games and, and win the big home games, yeah. um, but I. I think it's more likely we'll win than we lose. Okay. I'm trying to work. So the draw I, I think doesn't I, come into it? No, I think we're a better team than them. Yeah. Um, but they're, they are quite a pragmatic outfit. Um, and given the game, I, I'd take a point now. Yeah, well, I think we'll all be a bit wiser come Saturday evening, won't we? How good we really are. It's, it's, you know, we've been very good at bullying smaller teams. Shakhtar, I think, was a real test, which we came through with flying colours. So let's see what we can do against realistically one of our two rivals I think it depends as well how wasteful City are there's those times where we have chance after chance and if we, if we miss if we don't hit the back of the onion bag you know then they're obviously going to start taking control of matters and then we're open to that counter and that goal so yes so okay well it's it's going to be a tough test I don't think it's going to be a title decider normally I, I say these things kind of are I don't want to see us lose. I, I 
don't think Pep's going to set out to not win, let's put it that way. So go on, predictions, Dan, what do you reckon? I said it was going to be a draw, but I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go for a 2-1 City win. Stephen? 2-all. Tony? You've just gone for the two results I was going to go for, actually. You can Um, have the same. You can choose the same. It's okay. Uh, I think 2-all would be my prediction. Lisa? I got two right in the last podcast, which is unheard of. So go on, say City are going to win then. 3-1. 2. City. The team in blue. <laughs> not only, not only am I saying we're going to win. I mean, it's like a ridiculous amount of positivity. There's definitely something wrong. I don't know. Anyway, right. Just one last thing I wanted to mention before we we finish the show. Uh, Gareth Barry um, surpassed Ryan Giggs' Premier League appearance record, and obviously he played a big part for us. And I just wanted to to recognise that he was a big part of our title winning side mm-hmm. and just just remember that um david silva actually voted him his player of the season the season we won the title and i think he's one of these players that kind of goes under the radar a lot and and pe- gareth barry actually said that david silva was the best player he'd ever played with interestingly enough oh, there you go. isn't that nice it is a bit of yeah. brilliant player for yeah. us i mean i put his longevity down to not sleeping around as much as ryan Giggs, but i, I may be right <laughs> allegedly <laughs> but Perfect player at the perfect time for us. Um, as you say, doesn't always grab the headlines, kind of happy to be in the shadow of a game, just on the fringes, but mops everything up and never needs to throw his body into to a block or last-ditch tackle because he's always in the right position. Um, and never. I think you can judge if uh, someone understands football deep down if they rate Gareth Barry or not. How much did we sign him for? It wasn't very much, was it? I mean, you could argue he's... Pound for pound, one of our best ever signings. We pro- and I think at the time, probably people didn't really think anything of the fact we were signing him. And but it's one of the, he's one of those players who, unless he's played for your team, I don't think you appreciate what. But the what amount he does. of players we went through to try to replace him yeah. as someone who could just sit in front of the back four, win the ball, and keep it simply. And we've tried De Jong, who was just a bit limited in his passing. Fernando wasn't mobile enough. Fernandinho still not quite as defensive as Barry. Um, Javi Garcia just was nowhere near good enough. We've gone through a lot of players who just couldn't do the job that Barry did for us. See, for me, Barry was one of those signings that you look at and you think, well, there's nothing. It's Gareth Gareth Barry. Um, But, you know, he came in and he played for the team. He was a team player. Had nothing. I don't think he had anything special about him in terms. He had no great speed. He could he could he could see that he could see the pass, but he wasn't an outstanding player. But at that time, you know, he just fit right in, and I'll have enduring memories of seeing him just sat there with the Premier League trophy. Yeah, so he's he's the player that let David Silver do the things. Yeah, that gave he him that release. Yeah, thanks, right. Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Keep going. Get, get, get the extra 40 so you beat that because everyone keeps going oh well Giggs played 40 matches outside the Premier League so I'm sure he'll manage it he's only 36 and he'll do plenty that plenty of time yeah. he's played his 40 doesn't he so he should yeah. do it and good luck to him good luck to him alright well thank you very much to my guests Dan Stephen and Tony and thank you all very much for listening to the Man City show
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Sports Social Podcast Network.